Welcome to the Social University Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today because we want to help business owners, entrepreneurs, and people just like you who want to build their business online. Listen, if we can do it, you can do it. So let's go. Good morning and welcome to What's Up Wednesday, where we come to you live every Wednesday with digital marketing tips, tricks, and trends. I am Becky Johnson with Social U. Karen is not here today, but no fear, she will return next week. So I was super excited today to get to talk about the worst social media nightmares. We're talking fails, um, things that are just super bad for business. And when we were talking about this, we decided that there were really two avenues that we needed to explore. First, what are the habits that you may have that are nightmares for your business? In other words, they are either keeping your business from growing, making your business not look as professional as you would like, or just not giving you the outcome that you're looking for. You're not meeting your goals. So we're going to start with those. Then we are going to talk about some real life social media nightmares that have happened. And we're going to end with a little bit of tea on who's been canceled in 2023. So when we're talking about things that are nightmares for your business, the very first is when you're not engaging. I know that we talk about this all the time, but it's because it is super important. You go to all this trouble to make this amazing graphic. You write this compelling caption that is just perfect. Then you schedule your post to go out at just the right time. And then when people comment on it and you ignore them, it's like you've wasted all of that work. People love when you engage. Remember, it is social media, so it is supposed to be social. It's a place where people can interact with your brand. They can become fans of your brand. And just think about when you comment on another brand's post and they respond to you, how good that makes you feel. People love to be acknowledged. So I understand you may not have time to write a paragraph to every single person that comments, especially if you have a really popular page, but you can add a thank you or even like a heart emoji. And if you have a thousand responses, maybe you respond to the first four or five, and then you just go through and like all the others, but there's no excuse for not engaging. If somebody writes you a review, respond to it, whether good or bad. We actually just did a video about that this month. So you can go back and look at that if you want to know how to respond to reviews. But that's number one, not engaging. Number two, this is Karen's biggest pet peeve. This is posting the same content to all of your platforms, especially if you're doing it at the same time. So if I make a post that is a certain graphic with a certain caption. And I just push that thing straight from Instagram to Facebook. That's a bad idea. There's a couple of reasons why. One, it makes you kind of look lazy. Two, why would anybody need to follow you on more than one platform if they're going to get the same thing on every platform? And I know what you might be thinking. Well, this is super important, timely information. I've got to get it out today. That's great. You can do that, but either change the caption or change the graphic. Do something to make it a little different. What if you say, Becky, I've got this perfect caption that goes so well with this graphic and I have to keep them together. 
that's fine, but spread them out a little bit. Maybe you do Facebook this week on Monday, and then you share that to Instagram next week on Thursday. Don't send them out at the same time on the same day. There's no reason for anybody to follow you on more than one platform if you're doing that. Also, the platforms are so different that you really don't want to use the same content. For instance, you're going to use hashtags on Instagram. You're not going to use hashtags on Facebook. So when you push that post from Instagram straight to Facebook, you're going to really annoy people with all of the hashtags. So let's not do that one. Number three, ignoring customer feedback. Your customers will tell you exactly what they want. So when you get feedback from your customers, especially if you get it from more than one customer, it's very smart to pay attention. For instance, uh, earlier this year, I don't know if you remember the tragedy that Taco Bell decided that they were going to do away with Mexican pizza. I had not had a Mexican pizza in probably five years at this point when they decided to do this. But I was kind of bummed because I was like, man, I like the Mexican pizza. Well, so many people complained and let their voices be heard that they wanted the Mexican pizza to stay, that they actually brought it back. And you know what I did? I went to Taco Bell and I got a Mexican pizza. So listen to your customer feedback. It's going to be super important for you. Number four, trying to be all things to all people. You are not a taco. You cannot make everybody happy. You most likely will not be able to be on every platform unless you are a social media company and you have to be. It's very hard to maintain a quality presence across all social media platforms. What you have to do is you have to find out where your audience is and you have to focus on those platforms. It is so much better for your business to do two platforms or three platforms really, really well than to be inconsistent on every platform. Because what's going to happen is you're either going to do that thing where you push out the same content to all of your platforms at the same time, which we've already said is a bad idea, or you're going to get so burnt out that you're going to be inconsistent. You're going to end up not posting for a week at a time, and it's just not going to be good. So find out where your people are, and your people is not everybody. Even if you have a product that literally anybody in the world could use, that's still not your target audience. Your target audience has to be a smaller segment, the people most likely to use your product or service because you can't market effectively to the entire world. Your marketing would be so generic and so general that it really wouldn't reach anybody. So you have to find out who's that small group of people that you market to, and that's your target audience. And then the last one is just having no strategy. I know y'all have heard Karen say, if you wanted to go to that new restaurant in town and you had never been there and you had no idea where it was, you wouldn't just get in your car and take off driving and hope that you find it somewhere. That would be insane, right? But that's how people do social media a lot of times. They're like, we're just going to throw all this stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And that is not a strategy. So what you really need to do is figure out who your target audience is, what they are looking for, where they are, and then do those things. And then every three months, check those analytics to see if what you're doing is working, get rid of the things that aren't working, do more of the things that are working, and make sure that you have a strategy. So just to recap, those five things that are nightmares for your business, um, when you are not engaging when you're posting the same content to every platform every day, 
ignoring customer feedback, trying to be all things to all people, and having no strategy. So now let's get to some examples where people have not only done these things, but done things that are way worse. And these are going to be cautionary tales. These are going to be things that we are not going to do. So the first one happened a few years ago, and it was Draper James had a dress giveaway. They wanted to give a dress to teachers. So they were like, a dress for every teacher. And they had this giveaway on Instagram, and they did not list any limitations in their Instagram posting. So they had over a million people or almost a million people register to get this free dress. But the problem is they had 250 dresses. That's all. They had 250 dresses and almost a million people that had signed up. And that was a PR nightmare. So the lesson we can learn from that is when you are doing a giveaway or a contest, make sure you are very clear with the rules and the outcome. The next one was Burger King for, um, this was a couple of years ago. You probably remember this one. It was a big deal. For International Women's Day on Twitter, Burger King started this thread of tweets, but the very first one that they started with on International Women's Day was women belong in the kitchen. I don't know who thought this would be a good idea, but of course, immediately people were just like outraged and they were slamming them. And honestly, they were trying to do a good thing. Like if you read down the thread, it's like, if women want to be in the kitchen, they should be because only this many percent of women are executive chefs. And so we're going to start this culinary scholarship program. They were literally rolling out a culinary scholarship program for women which was a super awesome thing to do for International Women's Day. But the way they did it was just so wrong. <laughs> they, they didn't start it out correctly. And so a lot of people never made it through the thread. So when you're trying to get that clickbait or get people's attention, um, be careful that you don't do something that's going to be super offensive. Okay, this next one, this happened this year, I do believe. Um, if you've been on TikTok and heard of the Kia challenge, sometimes it's called the Hyundai challenge, Kia Hyundai challenge. This is one of those viral challenges where people are challenging others to steal a Kia or a Hyundai, go for a joyride and post it on their TikTok. And this is one of those examples where this is a social media nightmare, but the company didn't do it. This was done by just users on TikTok. They're encouraging people, hey, these cars are really easy to steal. All you need is like a USB cable and a screwdriver. Go steal these cars and post your joyride on TikTok. Honestly, so many of these challenges actually happened that the rate of theft for those cars was like double that for any other cars. And Kia and Hyundai actually ended up having to settle a class action lawsuit for $200 million because their cars were too easy to steal. That is a huge social media nightmare. Um, the next social media nightmare, Elon Musk, Twitter, which is now X, which is crazy. Um, when he took over Twitter, it was like 
disaster after disaster after disaster. At one point, he even put a poll up for his followers saying, do you want me to step down as CEO? And 57.5% of them said yes. He did not step down, but that is insane. And it was, it cost him like $44 billion to buy Twitter. And then it's just been a mess. Like, I don't know if he thought changing the name of it to X would make people not realize that it was the same Twitter that was having like a dumpster fire a month ago, but it's not worked out so far. And a lot of people have left and gone to other platforms. There's been goodbye Twitter and RIP Twitter hashtags trending. It's just been a mess. Then the last one is Jonathan Adler. (sighs) Never try to capitalize on a tragedy, natural disasters, tragedies. These are not things that you want to use for business. So during Hurricane Sandy, um, like 74 people lost their lives. 8 million people were without power. And on their website, they did like a Hurricane Sandy promotion that said, storm our site. And then it had the inner code Sandy at checkout. That is just so super tasteless and people were not pleased. People were not pleased that they were trying to capitalize on this thing that was a tragedy for so many people. So what we can learn from this cautionary tale is that when there is a national tragedy, if there is a big disaster, if there is like a huge shooting or something, it's okay to use your social media to raise money for victims to raise awareness about things people may not know about, but it is not okay to use it to have a sale, to capitalize and make money off of the tragedy that other people are going through. It seems like that would be common knowledge, like you would just know that, but apparently some people do not. Um, Now let's talk the T, people that got canceled in 2023. When I was looking these up, there's actually more of these than I even could put on my list because. People are just doing stuff in the media all the time that is like if their social media person was with them, they would be like putting their hand over their mouth and being like, no, don't do this. So the first one is Scott Adams. You may not know his name, but you will probably know who Dilbert is. And he is the creator of Dilbert. He got canceled this year when he went on a pro segregation rant on his podcast. He is known for making um, very controversial statements, but this was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Pro-segregation rant on his podcast, canceled. Next, Andrew Tate. You've probably heard about him. He has been all over the news, um, arguing with people on Twitter, constantly making very misogynistic comments. He is a men's rights activist and influencer. And he's constantly talking about how men are so much superior to women and all these things. Then shocker, he got arrested for human trafficking and rape charges. So it's shocking that someone that has this viewpoint of women would be arrested for something like human trafficking and rape. But he was. And before this, Somehow he was insanely popular on TikTok and all these platforms. But then when he got arrested and it came out that these allegations were out there, canceled. 
Um, the next, Ned Fulmer. I don't know how many of you are Try Guys fans. I'm a big Try Guys fan. They are a channel on YouTube. They started out as a BuzzFeed channel. And then they kind of did their own thing. There was four of them. And they each had like their own little thing. And Ned was like the wife guy. He was the first one that got married. He was always talking about his wife. His wife was in videos. Then he got caught having an affair with one of his employees. That was like a huge blow to the image of the Try Guys because they've always tried to be, you know, above board and be like guys next door that you could be friends with. And so all of a sudden, Ned is having an affair and it goes public. And I will say, I think the Try Guys handled it pretty well. They scrubbed all mention of him pretty much from their channel, even in older videos, a lot of times where they've like filmed things before he was fired. They're like putting big stickers and emojis like over his face and like bleeping out his words so that he's like not got any presence in the videos. They released a statement where they were like, we don't, we're not for this. We didn't know about this. We don't stand for this. They did not replace him. They are now just three try guys, but uh, they lost a lot of people from their fan base when that happened. A lot of people felt like they had been lied to that. This guy was like the wife guy. And so that was a huge social media nightmare. The next um, Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill was dating this professional surfer girl. They broke up and then she released these texts that he had sent her about the boundaries he demanded if they were going to be in a romantic relationship. He's like, these are the things that have to happen. If you're going to be in a relationship with me, if you don't want to do those things, that's fine. I support you. Go be happy. But if you're going to be in a relationship with me, no more surfing with men, which was kind of her job. No more posting swimsuit photos. Um, No relationships with um, women who are in unstable places And just a list of things where he was just dragged through social media by people saying he's overstepping. You can't demand these things of another person. Um, It was not good for him. And apparently he had been going to counseling and had worked with his counselor on these boundaries. And then he got accused of like using therapy language to kind of make his behavior seem okay when it wasn't okay, kind of like gaslighting with therapy language when it was actually not okay. So he got canceled. Um, Then we have Oprah and The Rock. Oprah Winfrey, um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson started off as this great thing. So they were um, trying to get their fan base to donate to the Maui, Hawaii fire relief fund. So you probably remember there were devastating wildfires in Maui, so much damage done, so many people displaced. So Oprah and The Rock started this relief fund for Maui. They, in their defense, donated the first $10 million, which is not a drop in the bucket. That's a lot. But then you had a lot of people that were like, why are these billionaires trying to get me to give them money. Like why does somebody who this 10 million they gave percentage wise is nothing 
compared to what they're asking me to give? Why are they asking me to give money? And they kind of got dragged for that. I think that one's kind of, I think that they weren't as bad as people think they are. They did give $10 million and they were just trying to get other people to help. I think that's completely noble, but they were at least for a time canceled for that. And then the last one, which is the most recent, you've probably heard about this one lately is Emily Blunt. So apparently she was on a talk show several years ago and she was talking about how she now knows why people in the United States have a reputation for being overweight is because she went to this restaurant and she kept talking about her enormous server and how enormous her server was and how this lady was just so big and so enormous. Well, recently those clips have resurfaced on social media. Everything comes back on social media. If it's ever on the internet, it's around forever. And she's had to do a lot of backpedaling. She's she's released apologies where she has stated you know, I'm appalled when I watch this. I am so sorry. I don't even recognize this person who is saying these things. That is just not me. I'm so sorry for any hurt that I've caused. But that was like a huge no-no. So what we can learn from that one is um, don't say anything about someone or about a situation or about about anything that you wouldn't say directly to that person to their face that you wouldn't say in front of your grandmother that you wouldn't say with your pastor in the room if it's something that you are like mm, I don't know if I should say this don't say it just don't say it it doesn't matter how funny it is it doesn't matter how good you think it is just don't say it so the things we can learn from all of these cautionary tales One, just use common sense, common sense. Just think to yourself, if I saw another brand post this, would I think this is cool or would I be like, that was a miss. Number two, run ideas by your team. If you have an idea and you are not sure if it's going to fly, run it by your team. That's what your team is for. Get their input, get somebody's input. If you are a solopreneur and you don't have a team, run it by some of your friends. Say, hey, how does this sound? Do you think this will be received well? Um, don't use tragedies for your business. Don't capitalize on other people's pain. And lastly, the thing that we can learn from this is just be a kind person. Don't be a terrible human, be a kind person so that when the things you have said and done come to light on social media, as they most likely will, you can be proud of what you have said and done instead of ashamed and having to backpedal. That's it. That's all I've got for today. Thank you for joining us. Um, Karen will be back next week, same time, same place. So we hope that you will join us then. Um, My name is Becky Johnson and we are here to help. Thanks for joining us for the Social University podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media at Stay Social U. That's the letter U. And we will talk to you next week. Remember, you've got this.